You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, it was a lot more uncomfortable than it should have been, but the Eagles come out of New England and want to know to start the year and avoid disaster. This show would probably be very different if the Eagles uh, did lose that game, but thankfully they come away with the win thanks to a uh, thanks to the Patriots not knowing how to get two feet in bounds. But we'll take any win we can get here. All that matters at the end of the season is the amount of wins in the win column. It doesn't matter how you do it. it doesn't matter what method they come in. What's going on, guys? Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the EPA podcast brought to you by Bleeding Green Nation. I'm one of your hosts, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms. Over at the Philly Pod, be sure to subscribe to all the shows here on Bleeding Green Nation here at BGN Radio. Make sure you don't miss any of the shows. They are uh, in your feeds daily, so uh, if you want to stay on top of everything the Eagles are doing, be sure to stay subbed here at Bleeding Green Nation. Joining me as always, you can find him on social media at Shane Half NFL. Very good YouTube stuff. Very good All-22 breakdowns if you want to know what went wrong in this Eagles game because we're going to talk about it. But if you need a visual and you need to see breakdowns of why the Eagles struggled so much on Sunday afternoon, Shane is the guy to go to. So be sure to go ahead and sub to his YouTube channel as well so you can stay educated and kind of look out for things that need to be rectified in the coming weeks, starting with this Thursday, Shane. How's it feel? We're 1-0. So, I mean, can't can't complain a whole lot. That's more than the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills. It's more than those teams can say. So, so we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at especially the AFC, you mentioned them, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, all Super Bowl contenders. They all walk uh-huh. out 0-1. You've got the Jets. They win, but they lose their quarterback. And the Eagles didn't do any of that. Now, would you like to have had a convincing win like the Cowboys did or like the 49ers did? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I think you get out of a bad weather game on the road against a Bill Belichick coach defense with a win. And I wouldn't say healthy, uh, because we'll get into some injuries later, but the the most important guys, you know, you don't get a Jalen Hurts injury, an AJ Brown injury, a Devonta Smith injury. So, uh, all in all, I, I feel good. You, you get out one and zero, and now you've got a prime time game against prime time Kirk. So uh, I'm ready to get into that. Yeah, I think uh, you know, I think the the key is try to get 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 the win here on Thursday night. Then you have a mini bye week. They don't play again till the following Monday night. So you have pretty uh, an early little bye week there to get healthy and uh you know figure some things out because the coordinators for the most part looked uh, looked outmatched we talked about some of that on the uh, post game show that we did afterwards and i'm sure after looking at the film we both have looked at it to this point and there's a lot of uh things that went that went wrong uh in this game but we'll i guess we'll lead with the uh with the offense Shane because we expected you know to have some of the explosiveness that the eagles displayed last season and obviously this coordinator changes no more Shane Steichen in comes Brian Johnson, but we didn't anticipate many changes due to the history that Johnson has with Hertz due to Brian Johnson being part of the game plan last season. You know, the Eagles do a lot of things collectively. It may not be Sirianni calling the plays, but he's very involved in the game plan. So you didn't expect a whole lot of changes, but man, did they struggle 
on uh, on Sunday, starting with the uh, the curious healthy scratch of Rashad Penny. When you see a forecast chain that calls for for heavy rain, you anticipate uh, run, running the ball heavily on the ground. You assume Rashad Penny is going to be that guy to kind of wear down the defense. Yet the Eagles decided not to have him active on Sunday. DeAndre Swift uh, barely got any any touches. I think two touches for three yards. Uh, so Kenneth Gainwell was your lead back. We knew he was going to be a focal point in this offense. We knew how much the Eagles trusted him. Didn't think the Eagles trusted him that much to give him that much of the load on offense. The Eagles finished with only 251 total yards on Sunday, lower than they had in any game last season. They averaged just 4.1 yards per play. That is not the offense that we've come to know and love that features Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and Dallas Goddard, who received zero targets through three quarters had zero catches in this game. So Shane, what is the, uh, what is the, your big takeaway offensively from this game? We expected some growing pains and uh, they jump out to the 16 0 lead. Then end the half, the first half anyway, with four straight three and outs, uh, not encouraging signs for, for new offensive coordinator, Brian Johnson. Yeah. Um, one of the things that really stuck out to me was the concerted effort to get the ball to the running backs out of the passing game. Uh, that didn't exist in the playbook much last year. Uh, it's actually a higher number than I would have thought. Uh, about 12% of the targets last year went to running backs, but it was 24% in this game. Seven out of 30 targets went to running backs. And so there was a concerted effort to throw to the running backs, which was interesting. That's a new development from last year. Um, you know, watching the game, I thought that Brian Johnson and, and Nick Sirianni were really bad in this game, watching the all 22 <laughs> film, I, I will walk that back a little bit and I'll talk about some exceptions, but honestly, the biggest issue with the passing game on Sunday was Jalen hurts. Jalen hurts was really bad. It's the worst game we've seen him play since hit, what? 2021. Yeah, it was, it was uh, reminiscent of 2021 Jalen hurts. That's all I was thinking throughout the game. Like he's yeah. bailing on plays. He's looking like how he played in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, the announcers pointed out some of the plays that he was missing. There was, play to Dallas Goddard that he missed he so that play I broke this down in an all 22 passing game review it'll be up on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube page uh, I think later today it's already up on mine if you want to go check it out um but that that play that he threw into the end zone to a double teamed AJ Brown that was cover three and as soon as Brown runs that post route and the corner the deep corner turns to run with him like you automatically should know that that over route to Dallas Goddard is going to be open. There's nobody deep. AJ Brown took the deep defender with him, but Hertz stays with it and throws it instead. And that's bad. But what makes it more egregious is like two plays later, they get cover three again. And it's the one that the announcers pointed out. Goddard was open, waving his hand and he broke into the end zone when it turned into scramble drill. But that's not the real issue. The real issue is before that against cover three, you hit the seams. And the safety has his hips pointed to Goddard. He's keyed in on him. Quez Watkins has a touchdown. If you grip that and rip it, you should be reading that middle safety, knowing you have two seam routes and you throw to whichever one the safety doesn't take. And Hertz was just missing stuff like that. And he doesn't normally miss stuff like that. And he had nice ones that ball down the sideline on the scramble drill to AJ Brown that ended up being reviewed and overturned. That was a beautiful pass. Uh, his touchdown pass on the move to Devonta Smith was good. I don't think Jalen Hurts is a bad quarterback. I just think he missed a lot of stuff. And uh, I don't, I'm not concerned about that. Uh, what I am concerned about is the Eagles still don't have answers for the blitz. Um, Hurts' completion percentage dropped from 75% when he was blitzed to 53% when he was blitzed. 
His pressure to sack rate uh, more than doubled, 12.5% to 25%. Uh, actually, that's exactly doubled. Uh, but the Eagles just don't have answers for that. You saw on the first drive what kills the drive. They go empty. The Patriots bring six. Your hot is coming off the right side. And at the moment, Jalen Hurts starts to get hit. No receivers out of his break. Devontae Smith is kind of running a deep out route that breaks at the goal line. You can't throw it. He's not ready. He's not to his break yet. Uh, there was another one where he stood in and he hit an out route, a deep out route to A.J. Brown against a zero blitz. The only reason it worked was one of the blitzers was the slot cornerback, and he ran into Dallas Goddard, and so that slowed him down. Like Otherwise, there's nobody. that's the hot guy, and there was no one on that side of the field that was looking for the ball quick. So the Eagles still don't have those built in, and that's going to be a major problem if it's not addressed because teams – will continue to smash the blitz against the Eagles until they figure out how to how to counter it. Yeah, uh, Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata combined for, I believe, 10, uh, 10 pressures allowed in this game. Not great from your two uh, top-tier tackles. Lane Johnson still didn't allow a sack, so that streak is still intact. But uh, you want to see better from your tackles. Mailata, I feel like he struggled quite often last season and not a very good game to start this year. Mailata's towing that line of, like, we're getting concerned. We're getting concerned of, of, of the level of play here from uh, from Jordan Mailata. But Jalen Hurts ended the game 22 of 33 passing, 171 or 170 yards, uh, one touchdown, zero interceptions, uh, 89.2 passer rating. Uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, the fumble because it was I think it was an odd play call for Brian Johnson to have in that scenario. I believe it was empty set. It's just Jalen Hurts and uh, shotgun by himself, and they elect to run a QB draw. And I said this on my show early in the week. I think Brian Johnson was just thinking this is a crucial moment. Not a lot has worked for me in this game. So I'm going to give the, the ball to my best runner on the team, which is Jalen Hurts. We all believe he's the most talented runner. He's he's one of the better uh, ball handlers in the league. He's, he's ball security is not really an issue with him. But a lot of fans are becoming concerned because the uh, the Super Bowl fumble is is still you know clear in their minds. Now you have this one and it's getting to the point now where people are like, is what is going on? with Jalen Hurts. And additionally, I feel like he was going down so early on some of these runs. You know, I understand he's paid now, so you don't have to put 110% into every single run. And you also, uh, long-term, obviously the long-term view is prominent in coaches' minds as well. We want you to, to survive throughout the season. Don't take hits that you don't have to. But I feel like he was going down well before players were even near him. Like he saw players coming. He just got down, lived to see another down. So, so your thoughts on Hurts as a runner so far from what we've seen in 2023 again just one week uh, but you're seeing a lot of differences already from the way Jalen Hurts played in 2022 yeah uh he was going down so early it's not just me on, right like he was down on, two yards before players even got there like <laughs> and and then on, which if you're gonna slide slide early it drives me crazy when quarterbacks wait till the last second to slide that's a good way uh to get knocked out of a game because if you're going down and you get hit there's just no resistance bounce your head off the turf. We've seen it a hundred times. So mm -hmm. if you're going to slide, don't wait till the last second, but he was going down early. And my thing is like, if you don't want him to take hits, which I'm okay with, don't draw and, I mean, we saw him put his shoulder down in a few instances and that's fine too. I don't mind that on occasion, but if you're that concerned about him getting hit, stop calling zone reads and just hand the ball to the back. Like, if all they have to do is loop the linebacker around and you're going to slide down a yard behind the line of scrimmage, stop calling those plays, especially mm -hmm. when it happens more than once. But ironically on the fumble, that's one where he probably should have gotten down. You got some yardage, go down. And he took the hit and the ball pops out. I'm not concerned about like, you know, 
his ball security long term. I think that was I mean, a good that, hit. Not it for was nothing. a good, that was hit. A good hit. Yeah. yeah, I think I think most of the running backs on the Eagles roster would come with that. So <laughs> uh, it was a good hit, shoulder right on the ball, and it just popped out. But and, and I don't going you know running that draw from empty and the right look. I don't mind that at all. Uh, what I do mind, and this is where I took exception with Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni, and I don't know mm-hmm. if this is a communication thing, but. At the end of the game, when there's just over two minutes left, you get the ball. The Patriots have three timeouts. You have a decision to make, and you need to make it before you call your first play. Is our priority being conservative, burning their timeouts, and then making Mac Jones drive 90 yards? Or is our priority getting a first down to end the game? You could make arguments both ways. You could say the defense has played really well. Let's just get rid of their timeouts and kick it away. I wouldn't love it, but I understand it. What I don't understand is going into 13 personnel and running it right up the middle with Kenny Gainwell two times in a row for nothing, three yards total. Then on third and seven, you call the QB draw to get to fourth and two, and you've accomplished it. You were playing conservative, pump the ball away, but then you go for it. Then you go for it. <laughs> and again, my preference is to keep the game in your offense's hand and say, let's go get the first down and end this game. But if you're going to do that, start throwing the ball from first. to and It doesn't have to be a throw. But come out in 13 personnel and run a play action bootleg. Something you, don't don't change don't change strategies in the middle because you only gave yourself one chance to pick it up. And I don't know if that was uh, Brian Johnson not being on the same page with Nick Sirianni, thinking we're just trying to burn clock. And then on fourth down, Sirianni's like, "Oh no, no, we're going for this." Maybe that's what happened, and that's a communication thing. But be aggressive or don't, but don't straddle the middle. And you know, I thought that could have cost them. And fortunately, the defense bailed them out, and it didn't. Yeah, I feel like both the coordinators, as well as Jalen Hurts, I feel like there was a lot of uncertainty about what they really wanted to do. They're still trying to find an identity because, uh, you know, Steichen's gone, like I said, and they they know that last year is over. So they're trying to find their identity here in 2023. I feel like Hurts was kind of unsure of himself in this game, as well as Brian Johnson. I still think they're trying to figure out how fresh, which is understandable. You know, it's week one without any preseason. I think that was uh, another result of why Hurts played the way he did. He at least had some preseason reps last season. He didn't get any this year for for for, uh, for good reason. So I think they're, they're still a little rusty uh, in that notion. Uh, from the running back perspective, Kenneth Gainwell had 41 snaps. Uh, DeAndre Swift played 19. Boston Scott played eight. But in those uh, 19 snaps, DeAndre Swift only had two touches. Uh, and again, like I mentioned prior, Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch, which was a shock to many of us. Uh, Shane, there was rumors at the end of the year that Penny could potentially get cut. Uh, you and I didn't believe it, uh, but maybe the Eagles aren't as high on Penny as we initially thought. Uh, what do you make of kind of how the running back rotation uh, uh, is is kind of filtering out right now? Now, Kenny Gainwell is currently um, questionable with ribs for the next game. So if he if he isn't down, myself as a proud owner of a Rashad Penny two touchdown ticket for this week, that will pay out $1,000. <laughs> I'm praying they use Rashad Penny. Um, um, this week, but what do you make of kind of the plan there at, at, at running back? I still haven't landed on an answer, so I'm hoping you have one for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't believe this, but I, 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 the only, the only thing I can think of other than they just don't like Penny that much is that's where, they that's know they've I'm got like. a Thursday night game, and so we're going to keep him healthy and then make him the feature guy Thursday night off yeah, the okay. short week. Uh, Maybe you're just like Rashad Penny is so good, but you only get three games a year out of him. So let's just healthy scratch him till the playoffs. But the wild card round, or the hopefully not the what the divisional round, and unleash him there. <laughs> but in reality, I don't know. Maybe the injuries have just piled up, and he's just not the runner that he used to be. 
And maybe the Eagles are seeing that. And I hope that's not true, but that's really probably the most likely explanation for, Mm. but by the same token, coaches make bad personnel decisions all the time because not to jump the shark and get onto the defense, but Justin Evans shouldn't be on a football roster, much less a football field as a starter. I can't wait Uh, to talk about that. (laughs) And so sometimes like, and it's the same thing when you talk about like, Trey Lance with the 49ers. Sometimes coaches just make dumb decisions. Will Trey Lance pan out? Maybe, maybe not. It's an objectively dumb decision to trade him after he's played two games in his NFL career. Especially for uh, what you gave up to go get him. Yeah. So coaches just make dumb personnel decisions at times too. And so, you know, maybe they're seeing something in practice. Maybe it's just a bad call. I mean, there's a guy been guys we've pounded the table to get on the field in the past that haven't. And then when they did, it's like they're good. And so it could be that as well. So that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping to see more of them. I, part of me was thinking, like, maybe they're just going to be conservative with him and use him down the stretch when games start to matter a little bit more. Uh, but I think that we should anticipate seeing Penny um, this week, especially with Kenny Gainwell already banged up. And uh, I'm sure we'll see a lot more of uh, of Swift as well. Uh, last note I want to make of the offense. We talked, touched on Dallas Goddard briefly. Uh, no targets through three uh, quarters and only had the one in the fourth quarter that was, you know, not catchable towards the sideline. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Shane, but Dallas Goddard is a top five pass catching tight end, surely a top five blocking tight end. Why? And we, we, we pointed out already some of, some of the plays that Goddard was open. He was visibly frustrated throughout. He was open quite often. It hurts. Just didn't see him. Uh, you got to get this guy involved. I mean, it's that, it's that simple. You have AJ, you have Devonta, you have Dallas Goddard. Those are your top three options. No matter how you slice it, no matter what the game plan is, those are your top three guys. You have to get them the ball inexcusable to have Dallas Goddard not even without any receptions but to not even be targeted through the first three quarters is malpractice and Sirianni said after the game it's unacceptable to, to have him for zero targets they need to rectify it I'm sure we can all uh, we can all expect Dallas Goddard to have five catches on the first drive on Thursday night but this was this was reminiscent of the Devontae Smith zero catch game and obviously that worked itself out uh, but not not great if you're gonna <laughs> in a game where you were struggling offensively and more often than not, tight ends are a security blanket. He wasn't utilized in this game, Shane, and it's 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 can't happen. Can't happen in an NFL game. Yeah, Devonta Smith, zero catches. Week one last year, had 250 yards over the next two weeks. <laughs> uh, so on a different podcast that I'm on, I picked Dallas Goddard for my player of the week prediction yeah. for the Eagles. So I think they're going to yep. give him the ball. But yeah, I don't know how Thursday it's coming. <laughs> yeah, when the offense is struggling, I don't know how you don't go to like a tight end screen at some right. point. He's been so good on those. He used uh, it so much last year. Yeah, so I would expect to see some of that early in this Vikings game for sure. Yeah, I think we we're not worried. Uh, but it's just it's just when you when you like I said your offense is struggling, you three straight three and outs, can four straight three and outs in the first half. You can't establish any type of rhythm. Find a tight end over the middle. Find a crossing route. Find a find a drag. Find a screen. Find something. And, and, and get the ball moving because Dallas Goddard is a good yak person as well. He's good after the catch. Could have got you some yards. Uh, I'm sure they'll be heavy uh, in getting him involved this Thursday night. Uh, defensively, is there any other offensive notes you had uh, before we shift over? Because there's a lot of defensive points. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess we can make this one because he was the Eagles offense on Sunday, but Jake Elliott deserves the game ball. Oh, yeah. And player of the game for sure. Hits, yeah. hits from 32, 56, 48, and 51. Trick uh, shots. After missing an extra point, <laughs> I might add. Uh, but yeah, I, I tweeted that out when he put the one off the crossbar. I was like, it's just, it's so routine for him to just go hit 50 plus yarders. Now he's out here doing trick shots, but uh, I think it was Ruben Frank had this. He's the Eagles all time leader in 50 plus yard field goals. 
Oh, yeah. uh, he is five of six in his career from 56 yards or longer. And only six kickers in their career have more than five 56-yard field goals. So uh, not only is he up there, but he's also hit a remarkably high percentage, five of six. So Jake Elliott, uh, man, he's automatic, except yeah. on extra points for chip shots. Point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jake Elliott is Justin Tucker from 50 yards and further. And then he's like, who's the Cowboys kicker? Like that Brett Maher. Push? Yeah, he's Brett Maher <laughs> from like 30 yards in. So maybe that's why the Eagles are so aggressive down near the goal line. Jake Elliott's yeah. doing it on purpose. He's like, I know analytically we should be going for it. I'm just going to miss an extra point every once in a while to keep them honest. If you ever see the Eagles purposely getting sacked from like the 35-yard line, that's why, <laughs> that's why they're, trying, they're trying to push it back so Jake Elliott has a higher likelihood. When you, when you, look, at, when you look at Jake Elliott's uh, kicking splits, it's like, oh, Jalen Hurts took a 15-yard sack from the 20-yard line. That's a positive EPA play. We're adding expected points because it's a longer field goal now. We have a higher percentage chance of making this field goal if you actually lose yards on this play. So run behind it. So run backwards 10 yards, Zach Wilson style, and take a knee, and then we'll we'll go with that. I think that's why they they haven't we, – we asked – well, I myself asked so many questions about why if they worked out all these punters. Any of them, I'm sure, showed more that aren't sip offs, but he's such an integral part to, like, the field goal operation that they probably don't want to mess that up, you know, going into the season. So that is my one solace of uh, of why they kept Arn Sipos. He's just such a good holder. They can't get, can't get rid of him. So that's where I'm at um, with that. Uh, defensively, I was shocked to see. We talked so much about Edmund, Sidney Brown. Who's going to play opposite Reed Blankenship? It turned out to be Justin Evans, number 30, who not a lot of people knew. And I caught uh, your breakdown on Twitter X or whatever it's called, Shane, of why the Eagles struggled so much. Uh, in the back end of the secondary, it's because Justin Evans decides he's going to stare down one receiver instead of play the middle of the field, leave Bradbury out the dry. Um, there's arguments he left Slay out the dry, but I think Slay probably got beat on a, on a couple of those. Um, so Shane, I'm sure you can go more in depth. Why, number one, why was Justin Evans on the field? Number two, uh, I, I, what, what is he doing out there? I just don't understand. <laughs> yeah, as for why he's on the field, see previous point about sometime coaches just make bad personnel decisions. Um, I mean, he's, he was just bad and terrible. He hasn't played football since like 2020. So like, I understand like Sidney Brown is a rookie. Sidney Brown is like a 21 year old rookie. Justin Evans is essentially a 28 year old rookie. Yeah. Just play the young guy that's on a rookie contract. But, what benefit do you have in playing Justin Evans is my point. Yeah. I, I broke <laughs> down, uh, all three of the touchdowns the Eagles gave up uh, the first one, just a fantastic throw by Mac Jones to Hunter Henry. You got to, uh, Reed Blankenship's on him. Hunter Henry's got five inches and I think it was 35 pounds on him. It's just a perfectly placed ball. But the other two, uh, one of them, Slay gets cooked on a double move. Uh, the other they one, get though, beat. that's what I thought. Yeah. 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 The other one, it's a three by one set. Uh, and the announcers talked about how it looked like James Bradbury expected help on the inside. It was cover one man. You're typically taught to play with outside leverage. You want to funnel the receivers to the safety and the linebacker in the middle of the field. But Justin Evans, he's on the side of the one receiver. Now, typically, he should be rotating pretty hard to the three-man side. You want to help three guys, not one guy. Maybe if that one guy is like Justin Jefferson or something like that. But, I mean, obviously, the Patriots don't have that. And he just is super late getting over. Now, it is possible Justin Evans did what he was supposed to. And James Bradbury just got beat. We don't know the coverage call exactly how it was coached to be played, but 
I find it hard to believe that James Bradbury, he, he doesn't get burned. He's obviously playing with outside leverage and you shouldn't do that unless you think you have help. So maybe it's a miscommunication, but I, I'm pretty sure Justin Evans just totally missed that one. And there's more than just that one on film, but Justin Evans was really bad in this game. Yeah, I'm sure he's just a bad safety is where I'm at. I think he's just bad. There's, 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 you can at least put Edmonds out there who I'm sure is better. Sidney Brown, like you said, play the rookie, get him his experience, his snaps, and if he does just as bad, at least you can chalk it up to him being a rookie and get him those reps that are going to be needed down the stretch here. But, yeah, not a lot of good things we saw from, uh, from, from Justin Evans. And we might have to see a little bit more of him this week because Reed Blankenship is also dealing with rib injuries similarly to Gainwell. Those two are both trending downwards to play per uh, reports going around. So if you didn't like Justin Evans, be prepared to potentially see more of him on Thursday night. Uh, defensive uh, defensive line notes, Shane. Jalen Carter, monster game, monster debut, led the league in pressures, not just rookies, uh, but led the league all around, not even just at his position. The entire NFL in, in pressures um, with eight and also had a sack on Mac Jones at the end down the stretch there in a critical moment uh one one thing i have circled here is uh fletcher cox playing 62 percent of the snaps probably not the way the eagles defense drew it up probably more than uh fletcher cox signed up for we know how he gets when he plays a little more than expected so i think we want to keep fletcher cox on the on the on the downward trend you know keep him around 45 50 percent of the snack 62 is kind of a lot uh for him especially when you have jordan davis and jalen carter but very good games i thought from from both of the bulldogs and carter and, and Davis, uh, Nolan Smith only saw seven snaps, so not a lot to, to, to talk about there. Uh, but what'd you make of the uh, performance? I thought initially that uh, that they didn't get a lot of pressure. Mac Jones was, was making a lot of quick decisions. He does get the ball out fairly quickly and was dicing them up, especially over the middle. We'll talk about linebackers uh, in a second there. But, you know, upon research and look, diving deeper to it and into the film, they were actually third in the league in um, success win rate. So, and they also, there's also a next gen stat going around of their get off speed. So they definitely get off the line incredibly fast. Mac Jones was just a little bit quicker in his decision making. So, your takeaways from what you saw from the defensive line uh, and Sean Desai's coordinator debut? Yeah, there was a sentiment going around that the Eagles' pass rush wasn't very good. And yes, I was I, involved in that sentiment. <laughs> yeah, and the, the pass rush wasn't bad, it wasn't neutral, it was great. Uh, Josh Sweat had a 25% pass rush win rate. Uh, Jalen Carter had a 32% win rate, which was second among defensive tackles. Cox was fifth at 25%. Jordan Davis was 20th at 17%. You said Jalen um, Carter was 32% win rate? Yeah, yeah, which is so second. One, one in every three tackle. reps he's winning his matchups? In under 2.5 seconds, which is yeah, how it's disgusting. <laughs> so it's an ESPN metric. You can go look it up if you guys go Google pass rush win rate. Uh, you get it for pass rush, run stop, and then pass blocking and run blocking. And they give like a top 20 leaderboard and then they rank each team and they, they count it as a win on passing. If you, you sustain, you beat your block or on offense, you sustain your block for over 2.5 seconds. Now the problem is Mac Jones had an average time to throw of 2.52 seconds. So that mm-hmm. ball was coming out fast. It was quicker than fastest. Jalen Carter got there. Yeah. yeah. It was the fourth <laughs> fastest in the NFL in week one. So uh, they were trying to get the ball out fast. They know the Eagles have a good pass rush. Everybody knows that. And I think you're going to see a lot of that just ball coming out fast, which you're going to be able to do because the spine of the Eagles defense is just bad. Uh, you've got Reed Blankenship who looked good, but outside of that, like we talked about, Justin Evans was bad. Nicobe Dean is already hurt. And let's just say like, it's ludicrous that like, I know linebacker and safety aren't the most important positions, but 
you have got to have a backup plan. First of all, the plan of Nicobe Dean, a third round rookie who has injury red flags playing for the first time is going to be good. That's a, that's a thin margin to play on. And then not having a backup plan for that guy getting injured, which like, that's why he fell to the third round to begin with. Like it's, it's, it's crazy that you only had three linebackers on this roster. It's crazy. Like we know that just competency there makes your pass rush so much better, but you continue to invest and invest and invest. And I'm all for investing in the trenches, but at a certain point, you've got to have a baseline of competency and the Eagles don't have that at linebacker, even with Dean healthy, like Zach Cunningham was bad. He was, I was bad. about to say he was awful. There, there's, <laughs> Terrible. there's one play it's cover one man. The Eagles ran a lot of cover one man and Nicobe is matched up on the linebacker or the running backer. It might've been Christian Ellis at that point. I don't remember, but Zach Cunningham is your whole defender. And again, typically your whole defender it should be slanted to the to the passing strength where there's more receivers. He's not. He's on the hash uh, on the weak side of the formation. And Avante Maddox is expecting help on an inbreaker. He plays outside leverage. This dig route should be breaking right into a hit stick from the linebacker, and he's just nowhere to be found. And you watch from the end zone angle, and it's not like Mac Jones looked him off. Mac Jones is staring down the strong side of the field the entire time and Zach Cunningham just standing there like he's bad against the pass and we knew that uh you thought it'd be okay next to Nicobe Dean but now Nicobe Dean's gone and you're elevating Nicholas Morrow and mm. uh, the linebacker is just a mess for this team yeah they're bringing in Rashawn Evans as a, as another band-aid who's who's if you're still a free agent by this point there's a reason for that um so there's not a lot of options out there feels like Howie at some point is going to have to to make a significant move We've talked about uh, Patrick Queen throughout the offseason. Ravens didn't pick up his option. Don't know if they look to get anything for him before he inevitably walks this summer. He's not the greatest against the pass either, though. So so there, there's limited options as far as what you're going to do over the middle of the field. And if you're getting diced up by Mac Jones, what is uh what is Mahomes going to do to you? I would say, what is Josh Allen going to do to you? But who knows what Josh Allen is at this point? Uh, but even Dak and, and Kirk Cousins on Thursday, who's, who's accurate quarterback, it's going to be a long season if they don't figure out some answers over the middle, especially without Nicobe Dean for at least the next four weeks, who was placed on, on IR. And if it turns out to be a Liz Frank ordeal, those things can linger. They can they can turn into six, eight-week ordeals. And and who knows, especially with a guy like like Nicobe Dean, who already, to, to your point, has uh, red flags as far as uh, injury history. Uh, one bright spot on the defense, Darius Slay with a pick six. Uh, Could have had another interception he caught up to. I believe was Kendrick Bourne. He almost had another one. Um, but good, uh, good recovery speed on that. He can still move at 32, so that's good to see. He's not he like you mentioned. He got cooked a couple times, but uh, I'm not going to complain too much about a guy who was responsible for one of the only two <laughs> touchdowns the Eagles had uh, in this game. So good points, uh, good points there. Uh, any other notes you had uh, defensively before we go to break here and then talk about some of the matchups uh, for Thursday night as the Eagles look to move to two and zero before kind of an extended break here. Yeah, the only other thing I have of note is uh, I noticed the Eagles really struggled against bunch formations. Mm. Uh, there was a point where there were back-to-back plays where the Patriots, they called a bunch, and Darius Slay and Avante Maddox, it was three over three. So those two and a safety over three receivers, so there's not a fourth guy. And somehow they got mixed up in their responsibilities. Slay and Maddox both ended up on the same guy, and so there's a guy wide open on a drag route. And so the very next play, the Vikings come, or not the Vikings, the Patriots come back and they motion into a bunch this time and snap it. 
And again, they miscommunicated. A corner route was wide open because they both tried to take the same guy. So that's something they're going to have to work out. They were definitely struggling uh, to communicate and distribute routes against bunches. And that's definitely something I would look for uh, to for the Vikings to try to hammer early on Thursday night and see if they figure that out. Yeah, we're in trouble if that's the case. <laughs> if, if we're in trouble, it's good. it could be a, a long night there. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break, guys. When we come back, we're going to look ahead towards the uh, Thursday night game between the Eagles and the Vikings. Hopefully the, uh, the, the Eagles uh, can <laughs> figure out a way. They're going to need offense in this game with the way the Vikings play. So you're not going to get away with, with, with this week by only scoring one time on offense. So we'll take a look at some key matchups in that game. Keep it locked here, guys, to the EPA podcast right here on Bleeding Green Nation. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we are back here on the EPA podcast, ready to turn the page and talk about tomorrow night's matchup, Eagles versus Minnesota Vikings. Victor, let's talk about... Do what? Said it is tomorrow, isn't it? Comes quick. Yeah. <laughs> Wednesday already. Dang. Turning the page quick. It, it, you know, it is kind of unfortunate that it's the first week of the year, so you've got to work out all the difficulties with like your video stuff and your graphics that you haven't used mm-hmm. all year, and also, yeah, it's a short week, so you got to cram this all in. So yeah. uh, feeling a little frazzled, uh, but that's all right. We're going to get through it all. The Vikings' offense against the Eagles' defense. Let's start there. Um, I don't know if you know Victor, but. The Vikings have a pretty good receiver. Yeah, uh, in fact, a, a receiver one. that the Eagles passed on, I think, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. I think I feel like I heard that somewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's the rumor going around anyway that the Eagles could have had one of the yeah. top two receivers in this league. But <laughs> yeah. so they've got Justin Jefferson. They add the rookie Jordan Addison in the first round. And by the way, Jordan Addison looked really good on Sunday. They've got T.J. Hawkinson at, at tight end. So they've got a really good trio of weapons. The thing for me here is the Eagles don't have a linebacker. So TJ Hawkinson could be a problem. They've only got one safety and he hasn't been practicing. James Bradbury is going to be out in the concussion protocol. So how do you defend these guys is my question. Like, do you put Slay on Justin Jefferson? uh, And then do you push the coverage that way? Like, do you have help over the top or do you leave Slay on an island? Maybe you put Josh Job on Jefferson and you push the coverage that way and leave Slay on an island against Addison. I'm going to be interested to see how Sean Desai runs this. I feel like they're going to try to let Slay follow Jefferson at first, and if it starts to not go well, then you've either got to start pushing coverage his way or something. But 
Josh Job, we're going to be looking at Josh Job a lot on Thursday night to see if he can hold up against Jordan Addison. Yeah, I hope they don't throw him in the into the wolves against Justin Jefferson right away. That'd be that'd be that'd be something. But with no James Bradbury, who's in concussion protocol and incredibly difficult to turn around a clear protocol in such a short amount of time. Yeah, Josh Job is going to be the guy probably to uh to try and lock down Addison. You have Maddox on a KJ Osborne who who's their slot guy. Um so Slay, who only allowed one reception last year when they played, a lot of that was Kirk Cousins' uh, <laughs> lack of lack of finding him. So uh, Slay did have him in pretty good coverage, though. I had a couple picks last season when they matched up as well. But these tight ends, if Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki, who combined for eight catches for 92 yards and a touchdown on nine targets <laughs> on, on Sunday, uh, TJ Hawkinson is, is I'm even more fearful of than, than Justin Jefferson at this point. Newly paid, you know, freshly uh, 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 comfortable with the with the Vikings, has good rapport with, with uh, Kirk Cousins after coming over in that trade. It's going to be tough with no N'Kobe Dean, Zach Cunningham, look like he can barely move out there. Moreau is getting called up from the practice squad. Ellis is like our one ray of hope that maybe he's athletic enough to, to keep up with Hawkinson. But if, it, if it's not Justin Jefferson, it's going to be Hawk who, who eats. There, somebody is going to get theirs, or it's going to be Jordan Addison over the top who showed off his, uh, his speed and his deep threat prowess uh, on Sunday as well with his first NFL touchdown. Um, it's going to be... It's going to be tough sledding for, for the for, for the defense, especially if they start moving Slay around. And it's like you said, it's not going well. Justin Jefferson is kind of picking him apart. You really have no other options. So I'm hoping that Slay can at least keep Jefferson at bay. He's going to get his, of course. I expect his, you know, usual 60, 70 yards. But I'm, I can deal with that. I cannot deal with uh, Justin Jefferson. What he had uh, last week, he had 150 yards by halftime. If that's the kind of show it's going to be Thursday night, it's 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 going to have to be an offensive shootout from from Jalen Hurts in the offense. Yeah, you could make an argument that it would also be a good idea to just put Darius Slay on Jordan Addison and say, lock down the rookie, and that lets us put Josh Job on Justin Jefferson with Reed Blankenship over Reed the top. Over the top. To if sort he, of bracket, if he even plays. Yeah. yeah, to sort of bracket him in that way. But I, I think that's definitely your move. If Jefferson starts to get the better of Slay, just yeah. have Slay locked down. It's sort of what the old school Seahawks used to do. They just left Sherman on the same side. <laughs> and teams would put their receiver, their good receiver on the other side, but that's where they were pushing coverage with Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor. And so there's an argument to try that. Of course, Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor aren't walking through that door anytime soon. But uh, last year, Justin Jefferson was coming off of an 11 catch, 184 yard performance in week one against the Packers. Uh, he was targeted 12 times for 48 yards against the Eagles. This year, he's coming off that nine catch, 150 yard performance you got to hope the Eagles will be up to the task to limit him. But on Sunday, Kirk Cousins put up 344 yards on 75% completion, but he threw a pick and he fumbled two times. And that's what Kirk does. He puts up empty stats and he tends to choke at the choke in the clutch. And the Eagles need that. They need to force turnovers. I think the Vikings are going to get their yards in this game. You just got to be able to stand strong in the red zone, limit it to field goals, force some turnovers, and one thing that should help with that is the Vikings don't have a running game at all. They, they let Dalvin Cook go this offseason. They averaged 2.4 yards per carry in week one. You should be able to really pin your ears back and rush the passer in this one. Yeah, they're going to have to. Uh, yeah, Alexander Madison, who I loved as a running back, too. I was even campaigning for the Eagles uh, to trade for him. Uh, last season now he's the lead back there and it's it's he's not Dalvin Cook I'll tell you that so they they they're gonna definitely rely on their on their passing attack uh I feel like the uh the uh, the O-line for the Vikings isn't all that 
all that great as well. Uh, they have <laughs> some some interesting dudes along. I think left tackles who Christian Darrisaw, and they have a center Garrett Bradbury. Like, there's not a lot of recognizable names here. Uh, and both of those guys are questionable to play, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And we got excited about that heading into the Patriots game. Like, oh, they're down three or five starters. Like, we Mac Jones should be on the ground half the game, and that wasn't the case. Uh, so we're hoping, which is why I was uh, one of the people that, that assumed that the pass rush wasn't all that great coming coming out of Sunday before obviously looking deeper uh, uh, into it. But, yeah, if Kirk is dicing people up for 75% uh, accuracy, we cannot allow uh, the Eagles defense to do that as well, especially with all the uh, all the injuries that are piling up. If there's going to be no Bradbury, uh, no uh, Reed Blankenship, it's going to be uh, uh, a tough go because this the, that safety play. <laughs> I can just see Addison cooking both both of these safeties. Whoever's going to be out there, if it's going to be Edmonds and and uh, Edmonds and Evans back there, uh, man, it might be a long night for this uh, for the defense. But on the flip side, offensively, the the Viking secondary isn't all that great. They have a new defensive coordinator. They have some new names at corner, uh, but it's still not very great. And they still allowed uh, 451, 4,000, sorry, 4,515 passing yards last season. So I expect Jalen Hurts to look through more of the air, look through the air a bit more this week. Uh, they did so last year, I believe. I, that was the Quez deep touchdown, right? On, on Monday night or Thursday night? Monday night. It was Monday night. Last a Monday night game. And uh, especially Hurts coming after uh, coming off a game where he only threw for 170 yards. And there's already some noise going around like, oh, man, Hurts is regressing. It's not looking like the Jalen Hurts of last season. I'm sure he's going to be eager to kind of put some of those some of those uh, early doubters to rest that's already rising up uh, this season. So how much uh, offensively do you think the Eagles can take advantage of a lackluster Minnesota secondary, Shane? They should be. So they paid Byron Murphy in free agency this offseason. Like he's a two-year deal, right? Yeah, two I think years. it was like two years, seventeen and a half million, something yeah. like that. But their CB two is a guy named Caleb Evans, who was a fourth round pick last year. Uh, he played under two hundred snaps last year, but he was dreadful when he did mm. play. He's your CB two. Uh, you should be able to get favorable matchups with either Devonte Smith or AJ Brown on him. Uh, they've got linebackers Jordan Hicks, who we're familiar with, and Jordan then a guy Hicks. named Ivan Pace out of Cincinnati. He was a sixth round rookie. Uh, this year, number 90 on my big board. Uh, he's a he's a good blitzer and instinctual in coverage, but he's first percentile height with third percentile arms. Like Dallas Goddard should be able to body Ivan Pace up anytime he's left on him. So there's a lot of favorable matchups uh, for the Eagles offense in this one. But the concern for me, you can have all the favorable matchups in the world, is Brian Flores is on the other side and he loves mm. to bring heat. Mm -hmm. uh, last year, the Vikings blitzed at the ninth lowest rate in the NFL. Uh, but in week one, they blitzed Baker Mayfield on 55% of his dropbacks. And they are going to send pressure at Hertz. And there has to be an answer. And the answer cannot be Hertz shrug off a guy and go run. Like they've <laughs> got to figure something out there. And they're going to have to figure it out quick. Uh, or the Vikings are just going to bring pressure down after down after down on uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, if 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 they're gonna rely on Jalen Hurts' run game in this one, yeah, I don't think that that is that is the way. Uh, when you look offensively, also Lane Johnson versus Daniel Hunter, I think it's gonna be a, a an interesting matchup because Lane Johnson allowed more pressures than you're comfortable with in Week One. Daniel Hunter is a very good pass rusher. Uh, I think that they're gonna have to try and keep him at bay, especially when you mentioned you mentioned uh, Brian Flores. He's 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 a guy who's not not scared to, to make opposing QBs uncomfortable. And like you said earlier in this pod, when when teams find out that you can blitz the Eagles and Jalen Hurts isn't going to have many answers for it, uh, I think that is going to be more par for the course 
for uh for uh defensive coordinators. You talked briefly about the uh, the Vikings uh, offensive line. I think Jalen Carter should be able to to generate more pressure, especially on the interior. I think he's going to build upon uh, his his impressive debut that he had uh, in Week One as well. What do you expect to see kind of from the rookie on, on Week Two? I, he's not going to have this kind of production every single game, but I think this is kind of another good matchup for him. Yeah, yeah, and especially if Garrett Bradbury ends up not playing, yeah, but... it's a back issue. Those aren't those aren't easy to play through. Yeah, the, the Eagles pass rush is just so good because there's not a weak spot like everybody needs to be double teamed like you need to double team josh sweat you need to double team hassan reddick you need to double team fletcher cox you just can't there's not enough bodies and so uh, i expect you know him to get a lot of one-on-one matchups and i expect him to win a lot of those because he's just a very talented player and if you double team him you're leaving another very talented pass rusher one-on-one and so I expect the Eagles pass rush to consistently be near the top of the league in win rate. Now, if that translates into sacks is going to depend entirely on the coverage behind and that coverage has to be married a lot better to the pass rush than it was week one. Yeah, I think that's, that's going to be a, a, a tough. So I just, when I think about this matchup, you think about obviously uh, Kirk and Justin Jefferson and how, and how they can burn you. And this is the week that you would like to have both of your corners healthy and Josh Dobe, like, like you mentioned, is going to be, uh, it's it's going it's going to be a tough go for him. Now the Eagles, when I when I saw that they were six, I think it's seven now, six and a half, seven point favorites at home against the Vikings. I was like, are the Vikings that bad this year? Like I know they lost Dalvin and and they got some retooling to do. They're probably going to have a new quarterback at some point. Kirk is in another contract uh, situation, uh, but I think that they can pose uh, some some issues for the Eagles. I think the big thing here is try and contain the blitz that the Vikings are surely going to bring. Contain that allow Jalen Hurts to get Dallas Goddard involved. Please, Lord, I think Goddard can can get by Jordan Hicks at least. So, so I think you need to find, get Dallas Goddard involved. Um, hopefully you can find Quez deep again. Alameda Zacchaeus only had seven snaps. He wasn't used a ton in the offense um, as well. But get Penny involved, you know, pound the rock. You're going to have to this game. You want to keep Kirk Cousins off the field as much as possible. We can all make the jokes we want to about Kirk, but he is very capable of dicing up defenses as he did, especially in, in week one, even with, the, uh, the the turnovers. So I'll say, what is your? Uh, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm going to say Dallas got it just because he didn't do a lot in week one. What is your? Um, I guess your your. I don't want to say X factor because that's like Madden S. I guess who's your X factor for for uh, for for the week two game? Who's the player that's gonna have to step up for the Eagles to win this one? I mean, for me, maybe that's a cop out to say the quarterback, but oh, Jalen Hurts is the oh, X wow. factor. We're going Jalen. Holy if. If Hertz plays at the level he played last year, it the de- what the Eagles defense does doesn't really matter. Like the offense will feast on the Vikings defense and keep pace. Uh, now you could say that, well, how can you say that the Eagles lost in the Super Bowl because the defense couldn't do anything? That was Patrick Mahomes, not Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins will make a mistake. Patrick Mahomes didn't. If Jalen Hurts plays at the level we know he's capable of, the Eagles win this game, and it doesn't really matter that much what the defense does. If Hertz struggles again like he did in week one, then all of a sudden you need a lot of different guys to step up to be able to contain the Vikings defense and, or excuse me, contain the Vikings offense. So to me, it's all about Hertz and I fully expect him to bounce back. Hertz is not a guy that lets things snowball. So I think he's going to be on point uh, Thursday night. Yeah, he did stay level-headed uh, throughout, no matter how bad things like looked for a moment, no matter how stagnant the offense got. He did never waver, even after that fumble. Like You can never really read Hurts and his emotion. He's a guy that doesn't let the previous play kind of affect what's happening uh, moving forward. So I do expect a, uh, a bounce back 
in this game as well. I will say his rushing line right now is 45 and a half yards. I'm in, I'm inclined to take, take the over. He had 37 last game and it didn't even look like he had that many because he, he didn't break off uh, uh, too many of them, but I anticipate seeing kind of the older Jalen hurts in this, uh, in this Thursday night matchup. Uh, so lastly, before we put a bow on this one, Shane, I guess we'll do final, final predictions. Uh, you want to go first? What's your final score for this one? Sure. I got, I've got Eagles 28, 17. Uh, Isn't that what you had last week? <laughs> I know I had, I had, uh, I think I had 31, 21 last week. Uh, okay. All right. But I was, I wasn't too far off 25, 20. I had 31, 21. I was yeah. pretty close. Uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. So I think the Eagles will get going at home. Uh, I think the defense is going to give up some points. The Vikings have good receivers, but uh, at the end of the day, I think, I mean, I trust Jalen Hurts so much more than you can trust Kirk Cousins. I think the Eagles will take care of business and start 2-0. Yeah, I got I got 31-17 uh, uh, Eagles. I think they'll be amped up to be at home. You know, it's the home opener. Uh, it is a short week, so so obviously that factors into it. But I think they'll be fired up uh, to get back on track. There's no way Jalen Hurts is happy with the performance he, he put out last Sunday. I'm sure he's in the film room right now. Probably hasn't been home since that game. I'm sure he's probably just been sleeping at the uh, at the facility. I think they get back on track. And then they get themselves kind of a mini bye week to get healed up and uh, and ready to go for week three. So I have thirty one seventeen Eagles two and zero start, and we are we are cooking there. Appreciate you guys for listening to this edition of the EPA podcast, brought to you by Bleeding Green Nation. I'm one of your hosts, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me everywhere at the Philly Pod. Shane, where can the people find you and all the projects you have? You have all twenty twos and and seventy nine different podcasts you're on. Where can the people find all that stuff? Yeah, uh, the best place is my YouTube at Shane Half NFL. Uh, I've got two all 22s up, one breaking down six plays uh, of the passing defense, one going through 13 plays of the passing offense. Those will also be up on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube page, but I'll try to check comments and things there. But if you want to interact with me on those, I get notifications on my YouTube studio when people comment on mine. So you can watch it either place, but all my other podcasts and stuff go to my YouTube. You can check out Chalk Talk. Uh, we did a full week one recap show last night that's up now. So uh, if you're just, you follow the Eagles, that's who you watch on Sundays and you can't really watch a lot of other games, but you want to keep up with the league in about an hour and 15 minutes, we'll get you covered every week with every single game. So you can go check that out as well. Yeah. And all of those six defensive plays, Justin Evans was responsible for all of them. So <laughs> there's going to be a lot of Justin Evans. Oh man, I don't know why he was, while he was out there. We'll be back uh, Thursday night after the game late and uh, fun stuff there. Uh, so you can hang out with us until like midnight as we'll talk. We'll do the post game, hopefully talking about a win as the Eagles look to remain undefeated. We'll catch you guys then. But until the next time, guys, peace out here from the EPA podcast. Go birds. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.